work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to season three of We're the, doing post- it. <laughs> the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem. Hi, I'm Emily. Um, if you're new here, which I don't know, maybe you are. Maybe this, maybe... Um, it's been, uh, you have a lot of binge, binge listening to get to pod because you have no idea what this is, uh, what you're about to hear. This Maybe. Really, I'm really, really, really unpolished today. <laughs> <laughs> you're already in mid-season form. This I is, am. This is I'm perfect. mid-season. Yes. I'm, I'm ready to go. We're in the best shape of our lives reporting to training camp right now. And maybe we are picking up new listeners who are only now discovering that they have had a post-Sunday blues-shaped podcast hole in their souls. Yeah, you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where I'm um, interrogating my husband, Jim Anger, mm-hmm. on his sermonic... What do you call them? Sermonic... Sermonizing? No, sermonic stylings? Yeah, stylings. That's, hmm. that's what your, your phrase is. Ser- sermonic stylings. stylings. That's one of my phrases. I'm not going to put all my eggs in that phraseology basket. Stylings. Sermonic stylings. Okay. That comes from like the music world, the vocal stylings. It, you I say see. vocal stylings for a vocalist who's not a traditionally good singer. Just call it vocal stylings. <laughs> and so similarly, sermonic stylings <laughs> from somebody that may so not be, be a good preacher. Anyways, so. welcome back. It's nice to talk to you again. Yes. It's been a while. Oh, oh, you're talking to me. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking to the audience. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Have good. we talked? It's good to reconnect. <laughs> How was your summer? I don't know. I don't remember summer. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't do a whole, whole lot of going here, there, and everywhere this time around. We were inflated a little bit into staying home most of the summer, but mm-hmm. it was a fun, fun staycation summer. Yeah. Oh, can, can we share that the highlight of having two weeks of empty nesting? I mean, that's the stage we're at. Yes. Fun times. Oh, I, that's all you're <laughs> going to say about that. That's fine. Um, let's let's. Uh, do you have anything to to um, talk about or review or explain with the podcast before we jump in? So this is an opportunity to go deeper with the sermon. I mentioned at Liberty Callings with this past Sunday that I'm in the habit of when I consume media, TV shows, movies, that it's not just the TV show or the movie, but I have a stack of podcasts already lined up in my head and on my phone to continue to work through and experience that TV show or movie via the podcast form. So that's the idea that we're trying to do here. And it also occurred to me, I could have said too, and as you know, Sunday was the Eagles kickoff to their season when they beat the, who did they beat? the Cubs by only three points. But I do the same thing with, with sports. So whether you're, if you're a sports fan, whether you're a WIP or a sports radio type of person or a sports podcast type of person, it's also how we experience sports where you not only watch the game, but then you join the community in discussing it through these various mediums. That's what we're trying to do here. And so you can listen to the sermon Join us for the deeper dive and be part of the community in part 
by emailing in to postsundayblues at gmail.com. Right. And, and this is an opportunity, finally, I'll say this, um, to, I can double click on things, we can double click on things that didn't have time to go into enough detail about to further interrogate certain thoughts. Sometimes I feel really good about what I preach. Other times I'll say, I'm not sure this landed or I'm not sure I said it quite right. Mm -hmm. So from one perspective, this is the director's cut of the sermon. (laughs) Release the Snyder cut for my preaching. Actually, please don't release the Snyder (laughs) cut of your preaching. But (laughs) (laughs) that is not what this is, folks. (laughs) It'll be much longer and more indulgent Uh and therefore 100% better. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have so many things I could say, but I won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's jump in. This week, um, you are relaunching um, your sermon series. This is like part two of Genesis, right? Yes. Um, so what's the what's the context as you try to relaunch us into it? What's why or how did you set it up? Yes. The, as we are calling it Stormy Monday right here, I know you love these Title headings, Eb. I love them too. We're we're united in that. This is fun. We're starting a sermon series, and I think this is the first time at Liberty Collingswood where the beginning of a fall sermon series connects with the previous year. So in the ministry year last year, we went through Genesis 1 to 11, taking our time. And over the summer, one of the meetings that I had, one of the things that I did is that I debriefed with our elders at church who had been going through the recovenant process as part of our represence initiative with with our members? We talked a lot about that last oh, wait. year. That's a lot of like church lingo words, like recovenant. Re- re- <laughs> Do you want to unpack it a little bit? Yes. The last <laughs> the year, were... <laughs> we relaunched our church into a post-Christian and post-COVID age under the rubric of the Represent Initiative, where we are called anew and afresh to be present before God and among one another, seeking a third-way walk in worldview where we're beholden neither to the ideologies of the right or of the left, pressing ahead as resilient disciples in a crazy world that still needs the love of Jesus. And so we... Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to I'm gonna just like paraphrase that. So that's like COVID sucked. Yeah. People stopped going to church. We <laughs> needed to like recommit ourselves because all of us had been stuck in our closets, bedrooms, houses, just holding up. Yep. And watching Netflix. Basically so. Okay. Yes. Very good. And then... So the elders went around... Or, or as a church, we're all like, like a relaunch. The reason why I'm asking this yeah. is because it just, it was a lot of like church lingo, I felt, yeah. or like our church lingo specifically, like, why are we relaunching? It wasn't because, it wasn't like an official church planting relaunch. No. Um, it was more to say like, um, something stopped over COVID, like all of us stopped and like, we're now going to relaunch. And I think we're feeling that this season like as fall starts so i I think just in a bigger picture sense um there's a relaunching of our lives um and so it it seems pertinent to like what you're saying but i just wanted to i needed to pause because like i felt like you were (laughs) i felt like we were i was speed talking yeah you were speed talking in this stuff this place that you've been in but um it's not necessarily the place everyone's been in (laughs) 
I assume that my headspace is universal. <laughs> my headspace is everyone's headspace. But if that's not the case, Em, I appreciate you asking me to downshift just for a second to explain to the little people what is going on <laughs> in my head right now. The last thing I'll say about that, baby. So with the Represence Initiative, we identified some practices of presence that we focused on in our home meetings, our small groups last year. What are some rhythms and habits of life fasting and feasting, daily office, gospel community, missional engagement, etc., where if we really get some first downs in these specific areas, that'll really serve our church well in becoming more deeply formed by Jesus. Also cool, Liberty Youth is doing practices of presence this year for our middle schoolers and high schools. We also had various pathways. Here are some sub-initiatives under the Represence Initiative where we're going to press ahead in these ways. One of them was what we called the recovenanting process, because we like to use esoteric language here at Liberty Collingswood for the sake of high accessibility. Being a member here at Liberty, we call it being in covenant. And the rationale behind that, going back to our director, Steve Huber, we're members of a lot of different things. We're members of a gym, we're members of a CrossFit Club, we're members of Costco, we're members of Amazon Prime. We wanted to find (laughs) and Amazon Prime. I do not like love. (laughs) So we wanted to find language of membership that was specific to a church context, landing on in covenant. And one of the things as especially earlier on in COVID, we were scattered, we couldn't gather. The question was who's still with us? Who's committed and wanting to recommit to the mission of our church in this new season. And specifically, the elders were tasked with having conversations with our people to that end. And one of the feedback loops that we received from all of those conversations is that people at Liberty Collingswood, many of them said, hey, I want to learn more about the Bible. I want to go deeper Mm -hmm. with the scriptures. So that that's why we did the Bible 101 class right. this summer. And thinking through what to preach this fall, the idea was let's go back to Genesis mm-hmm. and take our time Keep going. going through passages of Scripture that will become decreasingly familiar. Oh, so right. Genesis 1 and 2, the story of creation, the fall, fairly familiar, the flood, fairly familiar, Tower of Babel. Things are going to get really weird in Genesis really fast Finally, there too, if last year was going through Genesis with some topical sermons, I'll say semi-topical, things stemming from various passages of scripture to address some contemporary issues, the idea this year is to do a little bit less of that, to enter the series more Mm open-handed and simply let God speak. So I have less of a preconceived set of ideas about the sorts of things that we'll encounter in Genesis this year. The idea is, God, would you simply talk to us? Okay. So hopefully this is not like season three of like Lost or <laughs> Westworld or the other seasons in which right. uh, there was no path. There but, is no plan. Uh, <laughs> there is no plan. No, I actually, I actually think that um, that makes sense. It's yes. Great. Finally, right. I just said finally. So I really am a preacher. I, I say in conclusion about five different times towards the end of, of every sermon. Classic sermonic styling right there. Two more things, as we call it, Stormy Monday on a Tuesday when we're recording. Both for this sermon and in subsequent ones, 
my burden is that we will see this ancient story as having everything to do with the story of our own lives. Mm -hmm. And that was the burden for this Hmm. past Sunday. Genesis chapter 12, maybe you've heard of it. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I'll make your name great and you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed to your offspring. I'll give the land and so on. This call to Abram is constitutive of our identity in following Jesus, even to this day. So seeing this not as some story among many that happen to be very ancient, but one that needs to have narrative thrust for our lives right now. Mm -hmm. And we can jump into that with Sun Studios' presence of the Lord. But just to cite as well, this summer when we were doing Encounters with Jesus, I took some sermons. I did I didn't. I took my normal vacation, so for many of the weeks when we had guest preachers, I was still working on other things, like planning a fall sermon series and doing some other stuff. But when I did preach this summer from various passages in the Gospels, they were all rewritten old sermons. Hopefully they didn't seem too microwaved. And it's pretty typical when I re-preach an old sermon that by the Sunday morning when I preach it, it is pretty substantially re-edited mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. rewritten anyway. However... It felt really, really good this past Sunday and the week and a half before that, which is about my normal window for a sermon prep. A single sermon takes a week and a half. It was a new sermon. Yeah. And it was fun to get back in that saddle thinking with more of a blank sheet of paper. I'm not shackled to my old sermon stylings, but instead can write some fresh sermons from scratch. So hopefully... The sermon had a little bit of fresh out of the oven slash new car smell. <laughs> um, no new car smell from, from my end, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this a long time, that's true. Um, but, it, you know, it did feel fresh, and it, it feels like this whole season is fresh, like like we've been saying, so I think mm-hmm. that's a that's a positive thing. Um, positive we, thing? We can move to Sun Studios, um, where we talk about how the sermon gets made, mm-hmm. Um as you were, like, you actually have already spoken a lot about this, but yep. um, you're, you're diving back into Genesis. You've given some of the rationale of that. But what about this specific passage? Yes. The call to Abram at the beginning of Genesis chapter 12, the author of Genesis tips his hand towards the end of Genesis chapter 11, mentioning that there is this guy, Abram, and his wife, Sarah, moving towards Canaan, the promised land, pit stopping in Haran. But Genesis chapter 12 begins the Abraham cycle of stories proper. Go to this land, make your name great. You will be a blessing. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. And to your offspring, I will give this land. Thus starts the journey of Abraham, who will then yield to Isaac, then to Jacob, with the beginning of the story of Israel and the story of God's salvation carried through Israel to the world through Jesus. As far as this podcast goes, um, this passage is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So the there's not a whole lot of tricky things to try to figure out or interpret. That's going to be not true next week. So I'm excited about, well, I guess this week, this coming week's sermon, mm-hmm. where it's a crazy story about Abram telling Sarai as they journey to Egypt because of a famine to lie about their marriage status so that Abram can save his own skin. Juicy. The, it, it is going to be very very juicy and 
that's a passage where I have much less of a sense of what's going on, and it it requires a lot more interpretive mojo. No matter where you land, you have to figure out what's mm-hmm. going on in the commentary story. Commentary reading. Yeah, you don't. Well, I still write commentaries for this passage, mm-hmm. but pretty straightforward. the <clears throat> The challenge, as far as building a positive program from this text for sermon purposes this time around, was this was probably the deepest dive that I've ever done on a Sunday morning related to covenant theology and talking about what it means that God is a God of covenants to us Mm -hmm. in Jesus. So the interpretation slash exegesis of Genesis chapter 12, really straightforward, but the interesting and challenging part of the sermon construction was building out this idea of covenant. And I'm under no illusions that I'm an expert preacher when it comes to explaining theology in accessible and compelling ways, but at least that was the goal Mm -hmm. as we see the beginning of God's covenant with Abraham here, reaching back to Adam, reaching forward from here, Moses, David, culminating in Jesus. And this is where I used, and we can talk about it at this point, um, the analogy of the Russian nesting doll. Right, right. Uh, Which was fine. I don't, I don't actually feel like it deserved the like punchy buildup that it, I was like, that's the, that's, that's the analogy. It? That's, that's the unique analogy. Cause I feel like. Yeah. It's a metaphor for our marriage. Uh, anyway. Um, I, but I want to back up to like two seconds, okay. but to, with just the word covenant. And I am curious, like, so I know how I heard it. I, I am curious from our listeners from the Howlin' Wolves yeah. as the, as one of the questions um, for them is like how how did this land for you because like I again so because you and I both are coming from more of a background where covenant is a familiar word like when you were rattling off earlier about mm-hmm. like how we're the re-presence initiative and yep. the re-covenanting and all this like it's actually related like how do, how do people hear the word covenant and is it just churchy and did jim do a good job unpacking it this this, this sunday i i'm curious i thought it was fine <laughs> or as good <laughs> post sunday blues at gmail.com but and you're welcome to to not have understood it that's what i would say yeah i mean if i'm not preaching and being understood i'd love to know that right, so right. That i can well, grow I know, in that direction i know the term like being in covenant is like like you said earlier it's right. it's it's not it's distinctive it's mm-hmm. not just being a member so yeah. um and so i'm interested in hearing as you talk about your russian nesting doll how the how our terminology of in covenant um specifically aligns with this passage yeah let us let us know the mindset with which i came into the sermon on sunday was that i assumed not necessarily high levels already of familiarity with the concept of covenant and instead assume that I was talking from scratch, at least to a lot of people, to try to build the concept from the ground up, seeing that God's means by which he saves us is all according to one set of covenant promises and not many. And we're going to have a lot of opportunity in further sermons. I think I mentioned that The covenant with Abram is unveiled successively through multiple chapters. I think it's 12, 15, 17, and 22 of Genesis. So this is just the first salvo, but I wanted to build a little bit of a foundation so that when we get to those other chapters, we won't be tackling covenant from 
scratch. Got it. And one of the so we're in the medium Russian doll stage. We're in the medium <laughs> Russian doll stage. The my hope though is that Covenant will be something that we can be fam- familiarize ourselves with, and that it will be a helpful concept for interpreting the scriptures. I'm intrigued by the concept of covenant, not only theologically, but I hope that it will offer opportunities for us to be able to consider ourselves not only theologically, but narratively as well. So covenant isn't just this abstract theological concept, but there's a relationship between covenant and story, covenant and narrative, because there is no covenantal movements of God apart from history, apart from how God works through our stories. And I think story is one of the main ways in which we think about ourselves and our world at this point in time. Hopefully it will have some play in that direction as well, mm-hmm. but we shall see. Okay. Um, are we on to muddying the waters? Yes. Uh, muddying the waters is the section where we're talking about um, the the things that were fun or difficult about this sermon. Um, what was going on here? Yeah, uh, and also trying what what context trying to engage. So at the towards the end of the second point of the sermon or the first point of the sermon, thinking about how this is our story, where I unfolded a lot of covenant theology stuff. I very intentionally ended that section asking the question, "Who cares?" Which is one of the checks that I put. And I was asking for more patience and more focused listening to go through a lot of that covenant theology stuff, mm-hmm. hoping and praying that people would listen long enough to get to the who cares question at the end. Okay, all of this fancy theology stuff about covenant, who actually cares? Why does this make a difference at all? Well, as Jesus fulfilled the covenant in the first century in an age of sad and dark aren't we in a similar age of, of sad and dark? Hmm. So in a world where things feel pretty fragmented and the world is going crazy, earth is on fire, and so on. There is a broader, deeper, better, fuller, richer, more resilient story that God is at work to build in this world through Jesus even now. So the fact that our lives can seem so disjointed and we can feel so cynical, that's actually the untruth. That's actually the lie. The truth and the good news is that there is a deeper story that we can enter through Jesus. So we can leave our cynicism about this age and ourselves and other people behind. And that's what I was trying to hit. Yeah, awesome. Yep. And so trying to do that, recognizing too, and Emmy you mentioned this earlier, this is a reset period for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And if there is a little bit of a back to school, back to normal sense that people have where COVID is not completely behind us, but it's at least less pressing in upon us than it has been the past couple of years. As the great sort, great resignation continues, let's be intentional about what we're pouring ourselves into in this next phase Mm. of our lives. And I think a lot of what's behind the great sort, the great resignation, is that that's exactly what a lot of people are doing let's still be intentional about doing it. So not just falling into whatever patterns we we might fall into. But for a lot of people at Liberty Collingswood, listening to these sermons, listening to these podcasts, would you be intentional with this phase of your lives, uniting yourself to Jesus by faith and entering this story 
because it's the best story in the world. And don't don't let other bad habits or paths of least resistance get in the way of that. I liked how you said it better in the sermon. Okay. It was shorter. How, how was that? The, like, how did I say it? Positive. Tell me. I positively commend to you. <laughs> what, what was that? <laughs> I positively commend to you. God. <laughs> That's right. I, I did say it that way. That was better. Okay. <laughs> post Sunday Blues, a preaching postmortem. <laughs> Subtitle, it was better the first time. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. So, so wanting people to think about their lives in a big picture way before we just get sucked up in resuming all kinds of different activities. Yeah, I think... Be eyes wide open. I think that that was... It was more convicting during your sermon when you were, like, listing out the, like, ways in which we were, like, turning to other things. And then, like, (laughs) let's throw in the thing that's probably important. (laughs) It's not... Yeah, anyway. um, I'm glad you liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... If it was better the first time, that means at least it was okay one time. Yeah. And I'll so take the, it. And the question, do you, can you flesh out exactly like how the Israelites were, um, what they were, what the Jewish people were facing at that time that makes it the parallel? Because you jumped into the like how, yeah. how we are feeling now, which we're familiar with, but just fleshing out a little bit. No, yeah, good question. And I, I don't want to overstate the similarities. Every period has its own. Mm-hmm. uniqueness to it one way or another but there were a lot of things going on at once one was that prophecy had been on the decline in israel for the centuries leading up to jesus of nazareth coming on the scene and so there was on one hand some amount of falling away from the faith of israel just because it was just so ancient and removed by history and if a fair reading of the Hebrew scriptures up to that point is that God would establish Israel in the promised land, the land of Canaan mm-hmm. forever, it sure didn't seem like that was happening it just because felt like nothing. occupation, yeah. occupation after occupation. Mm-hmm. Is any of this real? Is any of this true? Rome was turning up the heat on Judea specifically because they didn't fit into the context of of the Roman Empire, so so they were an aggressive occupier. In, right. And the, when you when you say like when we use the phrase the term occupy, mm-hmm. and you think about Romans occupying, it's not like they just like came in fun. and used the bed and breakfast, it's not just toga parties <laughs> and and B and Bs. Yeah, that's true. Interestingly, sidebar the the main reason that. Judea was always a bee in the bonnet of Rome, was their monotheism. So Rome mm-hmm. was highly equipped, uh, highly equipped to absorb pagan nations into the pantheon of Greco-Roman Saying, gods. You're just one of the, oh, you're a new god. We, let's, let's assign you to this. Yeah. Or, and or, or that's, that's certainly true, and or, oh, you have a god of war, we have a god of war. Right, the god right, of right, war right. Has, has many names. You have mm-hmm. a god of wisdom, we have a god of wisdom, mm-hmm. a goddess of wisdom. Right. But... One true God, who is Lord over all of these other gods, right. and also prohibits images of any kind. So mm-hmm. the temple in Jerusalem was the only temple in the ancient world, give or take, that was pretty empty on the inside. You had mm-hmm. a little tabernacle, but you didn't have a great statue to mm-hmm. the great god or gods. Mm-hmm. And if Caesar was called... Kyrios Kai Soter, Lord and Savior, 
Judeans were the one nation that would not bow the knee. And, right, And so right. we say we can't do that. And in the Greco-Roman pantheon of all the gods, who is at the center, if not the Roman emperor himself. So mm-hmm. lots of things going on there. Yeah. But but then also there it was a period of, and this is something that so I didn't go into the, in the, the sermon. the parallel of, of Roman culture to um, current culture would be, or are you? Yeah. yeah. So, so one other aspect, and then I'll tie okay. it around. Okay. It was also a period of great political unrest and foment. So mm-hmm. you had insurrectionists all over the place. You had the zealots that were trying to kick out Rome. There was some zealotry with a religious dimension to it where kicking out the Romans was to usher in the kingdom of God mm-hmm. on earth. And to balance what I said earlier about prophecy, God being silent, there were a lot of messiahs popping up on the scene. So there there was this restlessness, this cynicism, this pessimism, but then also this dynamism and nervous energy that maybe something new was going to happen. Jesus of Nazareth turned out to be the real messiah mm-hmm. in people's nervous energy, but a very different kind. So it was a period of deep agitation as well. So right. for, for all of those things, political unrest, agitation, thinking that the old ways of doing things are no good, and then also wondering, is there any forward momentum to history at all? Sure. Is God really speaking? Is the scripture really yeah. relevant? Yeah. And so I think all of those reasons give uh, hyper pluralism, give a fair amount of connection between that that period and this period, which is one of the reasons why I'm hopeful about the mission of the gospel in this current cultural moment. The context in which Jesus came and the first church established itself and grew Mm -hmm. has a lot more in common, culturally speaking, with the 21st century here in the West mm-hmm. with the 20th. So right. if, if, the, if the gospel can run in such a contested and anxious and angry space right. as the Greco-Roman world in the first couple of centuries, it can do the same here. Yeah, and I, I often... <laughs> there's a certain segment of people who believe very strongly that like America or Europe is going down the secular path that like... Yep. is the worst ever in history. And mm-hmm. I do, when you go back and read like what was happening during Roman occupation and like what Romans were doing and what, what Romans were up to, it, it, it just isn't that bad now. <laughs> I, we're not yeah. beheading people. Yeah, um, yep, that's true. We're not engaged in like rampant prostitution openly. <laughs> Maybe we are. I don't know. So I guess the argument could be at least, at least it's the same if not if not better or worse. I don't know. It just yeah, it feels I think different facets like, of the same you know, of a lot of similar. It issues. feels like God So it's not the worst ever right now. Right. I feel like I feel like that concept that the scriptures of the past are what you're talking about. Like we're in this other this same space and it is encouraging that Israel was under occupation and this was the message to them. Yeah. Um and that we can have like more hope than hopelessness. Um, as we face our present crazy period. ennui. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like our period is like more ennui. It's more like, the, or more like, uh, I like angsty, it. like I'm, this is not going to change. Um, mm-hmm. And less like, I don't know. It feels less violent than Roman times. Maybe it's not for some people. Well, I, by and large, I, I think that's fair to say. And 
I think where a lot of the ennui, which just just what a great word, the where all of it's going for a lot of people in the years to come is just going to be a lot of cynicism and pessimism mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where where the ideologies will become more and more radicalized, people will get angrier and angrier. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 engine's going to hit overload burnout point. Yeah. Probably not all at one time, but I think there is a gospel remedy to where a lot of these trajectories are headed. Mm-hmm. Awesome. A okay. great way to start. <laughs> Season three. Here we go. <laughs> Season three. America is Rome. <laughs> oh, okay. Your, America your is ears. Israel. <laughs> okay. Let's go to bar band cover two. Let's keep it lighter. You threw in tons of references. Okay. <laughs> this week. Are, are you ready? Yeah. Well, you said, well, okay. The, <laughs> you had one last Money in the Waters just wanted to touch on real fast. Okay. The story of urgency, a story of grace, how Mount Moray leads us forward to where Isaac was almost sacrificed, mm-hmm. uh, which leads us forward to the sacrifice of Jesus. So the covenant is by grace through and through. Uh, talked about how God's story is a story of justice, and you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed, not just some of them. And I did want to highlight both that Abram was a model of faith and obedience here. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, mm-hmm. verse 4 in Genesis chapter 12, but also in doing so wanted to set up how Abram will right. not be a model right, for right, us right. next week. So mm-hmm. so I hope I hope that was a little appetizer for mm-hmm. what's to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mountain reference also made me think of Josiah went on... Um, a hike to start off his college career, which right? is great. Yeah. But he, he reported that he, after camping overnight for a couple nights, they woke up at 2.30 <laughs> to a do a four-hour mountain hike to get to the sun to the summit where they would see the sunrise at like 6.30. So uh-huh. four hours after after um, probably not sleeping for a couple of days. And they got to the top and it was totally cloudy <laughs> and foggy and dark. <laughs> Um, Mom and Dad say it's good to check the weather before you go out. No, it was the it's the process, right? Yeah. <laughs> Adventures in Gen Z. Um, no, I think that there's something to it. Like we are feeling like there's there is a mountain, there mm-hmm. is a sunrise, but we we climb it, getting up at two thirty, and then oh, I like that. Maybe maybe that'll be a sermon illustration at some point. Yeah, we'll work it back in. Go for it. You by all means. <laughs> um, okay, so Barb and Cover Tunes. Yeah, ready. Um, do you want to pitch some to me or do you want me to jump, jump into what I got? Well, you, let's see, you, uh, <laughs> the main one that I thought was, um, cheeky mm-hmm. was your reference, your reference to yourself. <laughs> Isn't that every reference? <laughs> You'll need to be more specific. Uh, quoting, quoting, um, the great write-up in the new J- NJ Penn. Yes, njpen.com. Like Search Review. Bruce Springsteen Western Stars. That that was one of my favorite pieces of writing that I've done on Bruce for, my, for, for NJ Penn. The director, the editor of NJ Penn could tell us how many clicks that got this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He, <laughs> so with, with Western Stars, I actually missed it when it came out. I forget why I didn't get Matt a write-up right at that point, but... It was released, the album was released as a concert film with a limited run in theaters and a subsequent live album. And that's that's the point at which I reached out and said, hey, I can give you something on Western Stars. Matt did say that it was one of the more read pieces of the year. <laughs> 
Right. So that. I think you should ask him exactly. if there is a sermon bump. Right. Yeah. Uh, this week. If there's but, a bump. So yeah, I I was proud of that piece of writing. So and yes. NJ Penn. It was I. Western stars. <laughs> Google so, it. <laughs> so, so that 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 was a little cheeky self commendation yeah. there. I I got a couple comments on that after the. After people the in the too. know or not in the know wanting to clarify. Yeah, it was more like. <laughs> wait, Jim. It seems like I've I've seen stuff from you <laughs> in NJ Penn about Bruce Springsteen. Were you talking about your own writing? Oh yes, like, yes, yes you I are. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Um, become a subscriber of NJ Pen. Support your local yeah. independent yep. news writer. Absolutely. Um, Jim is not paid for those, by the way. <laughs> that's purely because that's, I don't know. Maybe Bruce pays you. Who knows? Um, so you, yes, I'll take you a ticket if anybody has one. This singer songwriter. I noticed the audience didn't laugh when you said singer songwriter for New Jersey. So either one, they thought you were just explaining who Bruce Springsteen was. Yeah. The people who are totally new, or two, they've heard it so many times that they don't even think it's funny anymore. The way you introduce him. Yeah, well, let me speak to that latter group just for a second. <laughs> I do prefer to introduce Bruce and Sermons as a singer songwriter from New Jersey. If you're tired of Bruce being introduced that way and you think it's not funny anymore, please be assured that I am not changing and I will keep introducing <laughs> Bruce that way. I, mean, I thought and it was funny, but I it'll thought be, it was... It'll be so, so out of style as an introduction method that you'll start laughing again just because... <laughs> Maybe I'm already there. <laughs> oh! Woo! You come back around. I, Comic well, zone. I just think it's funny because no one else thought it was funny. That was part of my like. Usually, You usually yeah. are getting more audience feedback from Bruce quotes. It just right. didn't happen this week. Yeah. <laughs> well, some, sometimes my humor goes meta. Um, okay, so what were you trying to say with Western Stars? Protagonist, I actually meant to say on Sunday morning, but I forgot I, I forgot to mention it. There's actually a really good music video connected with Western Stars, too. So if you go on YouTube, Bruce Springsteen Western Stars on his official Vivo account, Bruce Springsteen, put a little bit of money and cinematography into the video. So it's about a washed-up protagonist is a washed-up actor who never really hit it big in the first place and is just playing out the string with small gigs doing commercials talking to random people at bars and just happy that he hasn't died yet and so it's a happy song <laughs> towards the beginning of the song he says these days there ain't no more now it's just again mm -hmm. so thinking about how we experience time if it's more richer fuller better if it's just again, it's rinse, wash, repeat at best, and things are probably going to get worse. How do we experience time along that continuum ourselves? Was, right. Was the question. And that is very vivid. Yeah. That that picture. So. Thanks, boss. <laughs> um, next reference. That was the only one I. <laughs> no, your Which Disney World reference one. when you were calling for um, what your favorite what your favorite um, Disney ride was. Uh-huh. We had yeah. Courtney Landrum win the prize, right? Right. Was there yep. anyone else that I so Haunted Mansion and I didn't hear anybody say No, of course of not, because that's the dumbest answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I heard in the room Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, if if you others. No, the, Th the most good. common answer that I heard was Space Mountain, which Space is Mountain, the right. like actual answer that it should be. <laughs> Nobody should be saying all the presidents. Yeah. They were creepy. And like you just went once and were kind of bored and said, can I go on Space Mountain again? Loved it. 
loved Hall of Presidents. You were so odd. The it, it was fun on Mr. Googly this week or this last week. Apparently, the Hall of Presidents sort of got its start with one animatronic Abraham Lincoln who was at the World's Fair in New York, and he captivated the world where you saw Abe Lincoln talking like we imagine. Is there any audio of Abe Lincoln? I forget. I don't think so. Photos, yes. I forget if there's any. I I think there's like a couple of, Mm. you know, scratchy stuff here and there. I'm not sure. But it's like Abraham Lincoln come to life, which was then parlayed into a full hall of presidents. I was going to say during the sermon, and then we can skip down to guitar Slim Pickens, but then back to bar band cover tunes. I was was going to observe in a bemused way how deeply connected to... Disney World people in South Jersey are more so than when True. when we lived in. You either go to Disney Louisiana World or you go to Maine or, or Texas. <laughs> this is farther, but people more people go to Disney World from here than when I lived places that were actually closer to Disney World in the first it's place. It's very confusing. We're, we're we're equidistant Orlando to so, Paris. Yeah, I was going to say like so. Our family <laughs> has chosen to go to Ireland instead. Sure, you for, know, there's no, there's no right or wrong answers. Probably a wrong answer for from some of our children, but <laughs> yeah, they're they Disney deprived. Um, Haunted Ma- Mansion was a better answer, but yeah, Haunted Mansion's great. Go Courtney Landrum. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned our trip to Dartmouth. Oh yeah, dropping off college our son drop off, and all the old parents. <laughs> all the surrounded by old parents as geezers. It is very. It's daughtering it's, um, around. We're in a new stage. After church, I was uh, greeted to the like, um, sending your kids off to college parents. And I just thought it was funny because like, I feel like every time there's a new baby, I go up and kind of give the same like, oh, welcome to the club. How does it feel to be a parent? And now it's like people coming to me saying, oh, welcome to the club. How much were you crying on the way back? (laughs) <laughs> from kicking your kid out of the nest <laughs> age and stage uh waits for no person so yeah so the mirror says that we're old which is true which is fine it's true yep <laughs> um and you were speaking a little bit about how that feels and how like that stage of life feels and how it can be connected to western stars yeah the western stars ethos but Basic. What I was trying to say in all of that is, I am Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> um, okay, next, next up. Let's see. I had. List. I actually forgot to mention the author in the book. the The book that I got, I think it's the Yankee Doodle oh, Bookstore right, right, right. in Woodstock, Vermont. Mm-hmm. The book I referenced, Stephen Hyden. Twilight of the Gods, A Journey to the End of Classic Rock. Oh, I, th- I just thought the title was Graying of the Classic Rock, but I guess you just didn't give <laughs> no, the title. <laughs> no, that, that, that's what it's about. I, I forgot to, to give the title. Uh-huh. But Stephen Hyden, somebody who's my age, was talking about how he fell in love with classic rock mm-hmm. from the radio when he was in high school, which was also a big part of my story and says that even though we consume as he makes the observation at one point, even though we consume as much music as we ever have here in 2022, the music doesn't narratize like it used to because we don't hear stories through 
sequences of playlists put together by human DJs, but we are at the mercy of the algorithm instead. And he makes the point, and I will say, I, I hope, uh, thinking whether I should say this, when, when I turned in this reflection quote, I'll put it in general terms, there was some barking from staff members that saw that <laughs> quote, the internet isn't nearly as good at telling stories as the radio was. Like those fighting words right there, Jim. So I, yeah, I, I, I heard from my younger staff on that one, right. which I, I appreciate. You'd also it was hear all that good fun from your children. Yeah, a lot of other people, including myself. I hated the radio. The radio like takes things apart. Yeah, I I'd say I really appreciated that one time when any of our kids played a full song for me from the Spotify <laughs> playlist. That would be a lie. I don't think they've ever listened to a full song before. They just skip and skip and skip. So we are we are living in an anti-narratival period right now. The internet isn't nearly as good at telling stories as the radio was. I also mentioned towards the end of the sermon, um, just won the National Book Award, Hell of a Book by Jason Mott. Mm-hmm. We'll see if I return to this book in, in sermons again about a black author going on a book tour and there's some fantastical elements to the book too reaching back into the rural black south on one hand it's a it's a fairly comic book about a guy trying to find his place in the world but then also a deeply sad meditation on the plight of people of color in our country Mm -hmm. and i thought of that when thinking about the justice of the story of genesis 12 and you all the families of the earth shall be blessed Mm. yeah Love a book. And then I think the last thing that I had with bar band cover tunes, probably your favorite as well, Em, the Han Solo reference, where in Star Wars New Hope, episode More four. More spoilers from he, you. Is, well, it's only in the middle of the movie, long before the Death Star is exploded at the end of episode four. Han is deeply skeptical of there being any verity to the Force at all. And he says it's just a bunch of hokey religions and ancient weapons for time i i shaved off the last part of what hun said it had i don't remember the exact quote but he says hokey religions and ancient weapons can't do anything against a blaster and i forget how i was going to tie that into something in the sermon but there you go didn't, didn't really stick the landing on what <laughs> i just said there we're like covenant the word you're all the blathering about covenant is like churchy words and this is all star warsy words so <laughs> blather blather <laughs> just blather going over my head blather, blather. um table baby bar band cover favorite stuff uh moving on to guitar slim pickens anything mm-hmm. else that you wish you could redo things that were going on in the background i, I did drop a quote for the sake of time at one point talking about how following God and Jesus calls us to a radically new future that can seem discontinuous with a sad present. I'll go ahead and read the quote. Now, Walter Brueggemann, an Old Testament commentator, I I don't necessarily agree with all of his theological program all the time, but he is an elegant commentator, and I like what he said here. Promise is God's mode of presence in the Genesis story of Abraham. The promise is God's power and will to create a new future sharply discontinuous with the past and present. Hmm. Faith as response is the capacity to embrace that announced future with such passion that the present can be relinquished for the sake of that future. Okay. Pretty good quote. Faith responds to the announced future passionately so that we can let go of a pessimistic 
present. Mm. That quote was going to come at the end of me giving a ton of Bible references for what covenant is, and it just felt like too many quotes mm-hmm. all, all at once. Yeah. Uh, and I will say the, this was a larger quantity of Bible passages than what I usually cross-reference in a sermon. Mm-hmm. Just so we rattle them off all again, we had 2 Samuel 7-9, Luke 1-55, Luke 1-72-75, Hebrews 11, 8-16, exerted. Acts 3, 24 to 25, Galatians 3, 8, and Galatians 3, 16. Boom! Roasted! There's a lot of Abraham in the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Um, I think that's it, right? Is that how we end? How do we I end? I, we end I, with... I enjoyed Mr. Softy. After <laughs> after church, we had a great move up Sunday. I, I um, yeah, I won't say that first. What, you, what were you going to say? <laughs> I'm intrigued. Um, Was it a joke about the name? No. Oh. I mean, <laughs> so we usually end with Helen Wolves, which are questions from the listener. Um, we you we don't have questions over uh, the long period, or we do. We we do not. Okay. So after a fallow period of post Sunday blues going offline for right. the summer, it's Helen time to Wolves, write in. Time to write in again. Post Sunday blues. At gmail.com. You know what? You can also just text us if you know us that like you can just text your thought right now. And it, it also, I would encourage you to not only think of like, it doesn't have to be deep and theological. You could just be asking Jim some random yeah, question. Yeah, feel free. Um, My phone number, 609-976-L-O-V-E. Don't say your phone number. There's, there are... <laughs> Do you remember those old That is fake. And also, it's um, there are bots out there. Don't Don't say your podcast your number whoever, on the podcast whoever is it <laughs> if you know you know nine nine seven six l-o-v-e is going to be invaded <laughs> by bots this week if you're that person let me know i'd be thrilled um yeah but you can howl at us with some other random trivia not come at me bro yeah come at me sis um let's see what jim can do <laughs> dance for me are you not entertained got anything else i do not Thanks for listening. Uh, how do I close this again? <laughs> and with that, how was it? <laughs> that was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post Sunday Blues, a preaching postmortem, a production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre Sunday happy. Here we are again, baby. Ready? I said we couldn't do it. I said we wouldn't last this long. (laughs)